tonight. I want you to take your Bible with me to Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. And uh, we're going to look here in the Word of God. And I'll be as brief as I can with the time that we have remaining. Uh, but just, just want to look at um, really three statements um, or, or three uh, questions, I guess we could say. And the first one would be uh, more implied uh, than stated, but nonetheless, we want to want to examine three questions here um, in the book of Genesis, and uh, try to be a help to you tonight. All right, Genesis chapter number one and uh, verse number one. We'll just read one verse tonight. All right, Genesis chapter number one and verse number one. The Bible says, "In the beginning, God created the heaven." and the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for this service tonight. Thank you, Lord, for how our hearts have just been helped, Lord, by your presence and, and Lord, by your people. And Lord, we thank you for their obedience, Lord, and we thank you, God, for your goodness uh, in their life, Lord. And I'm glad that we can rejoice together. We can rejoice with them that rejoice, and we can weep with them that weep. And uh, Lord, we're thankful that we're all in this together. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us a church, a place to come to, Lord, something to, to belong to, but Lord, a family, and Lord, we can corporately worship you, and God, we can draw strength from one another, and Lord, that's, that's been the testimony of my heart tonight, Lord. You've strengthened me and helped me, and Lord, I'm thankful that uh, I'm not at the house tonight, Lord, and I'm thankful that uh, you gave me the strength and the ability Lord, to be able to be here tonight. And Lord, you've just been so good to us. And Lord, I pray that you would meet with us. Lord, that you would help us. God, you know who we are and what we are and where we stand and what we stand in need of. And Lord, I pray that you would, God, provide that tonight, Lord, by your grace and by your strength and your power. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. And Lord, that you'd help us. And God, that you'd just be with us tonight. And would you manifest yourself and help us through your word we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When we come to the book of Genesis, of course, we know that this is uh, the book of beginnings. This is the first book uh, in the Word of God. And whenever we look and we consider Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 1, the statement is very plain, but it's a very large statement. It's a vast statement. It said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We know that Moses wrote this, and Moses was not literally there. He wasn't present when creation took place. But he wrote it by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And God had him pin it down. And uh, we think about our origins. We think about our beginning. And may I say this, that it's a simple statement, but yet it's a profound statement. And it's the answer to every question that life holds. And it is, why are we here? How did we get here? What purpose uh, do we serve? And that verse number 1 in Genesis chapter number 1 lets us know that in the beginning God. Everything else in the Word of God hinges upon that statement tonight. Amen. In the beginning God. I want to look tonight in Genesis and I want to examine kind of a series of questions. I'll give you three of them and uh, try to be a help to you tonight. But when we think about uh, this verse... We find the first book of the Bible, we find the first chapter in the Bible, and we find the first verse of the Bible, and there's a statement uh, that can be posed or a question uh, that can be asked tonight, and I want to ask you that question tonight, number one, and that question is simply this, it is where is God? 
tonight? Where is God? And you say, why would you ask that question? Well, it's a very important question because I want to ask that question in relation to you tonight. Amen? Where is God? We know that the Bible declares that God has a throne and God is upon that throne. And even now, at this moment, the Son of God is seated at His right hand and God rules and God reigns the universe from that throne. And when we think about this statement here in the Word of God, in the beginning, it comes... uh, from a Hebrew phrase that tells us that the definition that it gives us it is first in time or order or rank tonight a second definition that we could uh, derive from this word is that something is the head God is the chief most being in the universe he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords tonight amen before anything was God is amen he proclaimed in the old testament that he was the great I am Even the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels proclaimed His deity by making those I am statements tonight. Amen. And when we read Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 1, the principle becomes very clear to us in this verse, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the principle that speaks to our heart tonight and jumps off the pages of the Word of God is the principle is God first tonight. Amen. Amen. As we read here in the Word of God, as we open up the pages of this divine book, we find God first. Amen. And as we examine that tonight, we ought to take that principle and we ought to apply it to our life tonight. Amen. And we ought to put God first in everything that we do, everything that we are, everything that we hope to be, everything that we put our hand to. Listen, God ought to have the preeminence and God ought to come first. The secret to a happy life tonight is in the beginning God. Amen. Uh, The secret to our success in this life is in the beginning God. We ought to begin every hour and every moment and every day and every week of our life and every year we ought to begin it with God tonight. Amen. What I'm trying to say is He ought to have the preeminence. He ought to have first place in our heart and our life and Christ and God ought to come first not only in principle in our life but he ought to come first in practice tonight amen whenever we consider what God did with his son Paul writes to us to the epistle uh, to the Philippians and he said wherefore God also hath highly exalted him talking about Jesus and hath given him a name that is above every name of things in heaven and of things in the earth and of things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father amen the Bible declares to us tonight that God had made the Lord Jesus Christ both Lord and Christ tonight. Amen. May God take the first place in all of our days and have the first choice in all of my decisions. And I know it's a simple question. I know it's very practical tonight. Uh, But listen, we're simple people tonight and we live practical lives. And the question that I have for you and that I have for myself tonight is, is are we putting God first? 
Well, I know we come to church on Sunday and we come to church on Sunday night and we come to church on Wednesday night and we're here, most of us are here every time the doors are open and we would be found faithful and we just believe that. That's been ingrained in us and, and maybe we've had to work at it but, but we've built a faithful ethic in our own life. But you know, you can be at church every time the doors are open and not put God first. You know, you can come to every night of revival and not put God first. Uh, you can wear the things that you're supposed to wear and, and live the way that you're supposed to live and you can do all of those things without putting God first. But does He have the first choice in all of your decisions? Before you make a large purchase, before you make a career choice, before you take that trip, or before you, you do those things, or maybe before you make that decision concerning your family, do you consult the Word of God? And do you, do you consult God? You say, well, that's none of your business. I'll get to that later on. And it may not be my business tonight, but it's God's business. God is before all things. God is the cause of all things. God is the explanation of all things. And God is the ultimate destiny of all things. As we read in the Word of God, in the beginning God, I'm glad that the Bible opens up with a heavenly view of God and it ends with a heavenly view of God. Listen, God is not constrained to time and God is not constrained to this world's nature. I'm glad He's beyond that. It's beyond our comprehension and we, know, we don't have to explain everything or be able to put all of the pieces together but what we must do tonight is we must put Him first in our life there's a lot that can be debated and a lot that can be said about the text before us tonight. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. There's a lot of debate about how He did that and the, the timing of when He did that. Was it six literal days and then He rested on a seventh literal day? By the way, that's what we believe tonight. But there are those that would that, that the, the day age theory and all of those different things and they talk about a gap and they talk about uh, different time periods and, and different races of people. And I'm listen, I'm not here to debate all of that tonight. The beginning of the Word of God tonight is not to be debated, but rather it is to be believed tonight. Amen? In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. No help or aid outside of Himself. Hallelujah. He did it all on His own. He is the Lord and beside Him there is none other. Amen. And here He was. He created the heaven and the earth. And the principle for us is God first tonight. Amen. Are you putting God first in all of your decisions? Are you putting God first in all of your movements in life? We see the principle continues here in the Word of God. We see first of all God is first in creation. And Paul told us that all things were created by Him and all things were created for Him tonight. Amen. So God has the preeminence in creation. I want you to look in verse number 2 and see this principle tonight. We see God first in salvation. Notice what the Word of God says in verse number 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now notice this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here creation was. It was without form and void. There was darkness upon the face of the deep, as the Bible tells us. But the Spirit of God moved tonight. Amen. 
Amen. It is God first in salvation. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Listen, the earth was full without form and it was void and it was dark. That sounds a whole lot like us before we got saved. Amen. There was no purpose. We were without form and we were void. But I'm glad that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I'm glad it was God that had the preeminence. And it was God that made the first move in salvation. Listen, friend, you didn't come to where He was because you couldn't get to Him. But I'm glad that when you were in darkness and you were in depravity and you were alienated and a stranger and an enemy to God, He saw you where you were and He made the first move and He came to where you were. And thank God by faith of a light came on and you were able to receive the grace of God. Hallelujah. No longer are we in darkness. Amen. No longer are we wallowing around in the pit of sin. I'm glad He came to me tonight and I'm glad that He came to you. It's God first in creation and it's God first in salvation. But then notice this tonight. It's God first in separation. Look in verse number 3. The Bible said, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. One of the first doctrines and the first principles that we have here in the Word of God is that of separation. There was darkness and God spoke and He said, let there be light. And by the power of His Word and by the power of His will, that light and that darkness was divided tonight. Amen. You say, preacher, how is it that we're to live in a dark world? How is it that we're to walk in the light? How is it that we're to make the distinction? You just put God first tonight. Amen. How am I to live a separated Christian life? Listen, you can't you can you can make a list of do's and don'ts from here all the way to Dalton and you can lay those things out and you can determine in your mind that I'm going to walk this way and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but you won't do it without the power of the spirit tonight. Amen. You won't do it without putting God first. Hallelujah. But listen, there's a whole lot of cults. They live clean and they try to live morally, but there's no power upon that. Listen, if you want a real Christian witness and you want people to see that you've been taken out of the dark into His marvelous light, listen, if you'll put Him first and you'll give Christ the preeminence in your life, you can put God first in your separation. Can I say this tonight? That separation's not about you. Separation's not about me. I think we got a whole lot of that going on in our generation. Look at me. Look at what I don't do. Look at what I do. And we try to have this inferior, this superiority complex about our separation. Listen, it's never been about you. And it's never been about me. But it's always been about Him tonight. Amen. God is first in creation. God is first in salvation. God is first in separation. And then, of course, God is first in sanctification. He looked at all that He did. And he said that it was good. Amen. And if God did it, it's always good. Amen. And what God is doing in your life is a good thing. Paul said this. He said, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, I'm not really who I want to be. And I'm really not really what I think God thinks that I ought to be and what God wants me to be. And listen to me, that's a process that all of us have to go through. We've all got to go through 
through Christian maturity. We've all got to grow in our, in our own speed. But I'll tell you how you won't grow is by putting God second or putting Him in, in last place or not even considering Him at all. If you'll put Him in first place, God will help you with your sanctification tonight. Amen. And so I'm asking you tonight, where is God in your life? Does God have first place in your life? Secondly, I want to ask a second question tonight, and it's it's not only where uh, is God, but I want you to look with me here in Genesis chapter number 3. We've asked the question, where is God? Uh, But then secondly, I, I want to ask the question, where are you? And we've determined where God ought to be, and He ought to have the preeminence in our life. But I want you to consider where you are uh, tonight. Look in verse number 7. We know the story, how Eve uh, partook of the fruit, and then Adam condescended. He made a conscious choice to partake of that fruit, seeing what Eve, understanding and knowing what Eve knew, knowing that she had sinned against the commandment of the Lord. And Adam goes ahead and he does it anyway. And in verse number 7, the Bible says, And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed figs leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now notice this in verse number 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? So we've asked the question tonight, where is God? And we know that where God needs to be. We know that God is exalted upon His throne. And He is number one. He is exalted in the universe. But He needs to be exalted in our own heart and our own life. And so we've settled the matter of where God is and where God needs to be. But then secondly tonight, I ask that question, where are you? Where are you? Where do we find ourselves tonight? And, and isn't it so interesting that as we study this text, we're, we're, we're so much like Adam. Uh, and we ought to be. He, he's the father uh, of all living and Eve was the mother of all living. And, and tonight, you, you have Adam's blood coursing through your veins. You, you are living with Adam's curse. And you, are, you, you wake up every morning with Adam's nature. And so it's no surprise that we find ourselves uh, and characteristics of ourselves when we read about Adam here in, in the Word of God. And so God asked Adam, He said, he said Where art thou? And so we can plug that in and apply that to ourselves. Where are you? Where am I tonight? Notice where Adam found himself. Look there in verse number 7 again. Verse number 7 of Genesis chapter number 3. The Bible said, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves uh, aprons. We know the principle. We know why they did that. They saw for the first time that that they were naked. They were unclothed. In other words, they had been exposed. There was no longer anything hid. There was no longer that security uh, and that bliss of being in union with God and here's where Adam found himself he found himself distant from God and that's exactly what sin has done tonight amen but sin has driven a wedge between God and man and we stand in need of being reconciled tonight and so Adam found himself distant from God he was alienated from the one that he walked in fellowship with he was alienated from his creator there was now a void there was now an emptiness there was now an understanding 
understanding and a knowledge that was not there before. And Adam found himself distant from God. But then notice Adam found himself despairing of God. He he said in verse number 8, If we look at it here in chapter number 3, the Bible said, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from among the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The God that they had walked hand in hand with. The God whose voice they had followed. The God who who made them and made the creation that they saw and gave them a garden to tend to. They now despaired at His presence. And they now despaired at His voice. And listen, when you're lost tonight, the voice of God grieves you tonight. The voice of the preacher and the moving of God in the service, it grieves you tonight. You don't want anything to do uh, do with that. You're, you're despairing of God. But then here Adam is. Adam finds himself in delusion concerning God. He said in verse number 10, God asked him, where art thou? Verse number 10, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And here it is, he finally admits what's going on in his heart and his life. And verse number 11, and he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of a tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And here it is, the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave of me the tree and I did eat. Adam knows exactly what he did. Adam knows concerning the opportunity that he had. But what does he do? He begins to blame the woman uh, who, who God gave unto him. And really, ultimately, if you watch the text and you read the verse tonight, Adam's not blaming Eve. Adam's blaming God. He said, the woman that you gave me, Lord, you gave her to me. Look at the situation that I'm in. And he's in delusion concerning God. You know, the natural man is delusional when it comes to God. The natural man fixes up his own religion and he fixes up his own rules and he makes himself feel so good about who he is that he thinks that he can build some bridge to God. But really, it's just a delusion tonight. But then Adam finds himself in danger of God. Why was Adam fearful? Why did Adam feel, feel the need to hide himself from his Creator? To hide himself from his God? Adam was now in danger because there was a curse that had been interjected. There was a curse that had been introduced into mankind. And now he's not only got this curse... He also feels himself age. He feels something that he'd never felt before. He has the realization that one day he is going to die. But then Adam not only has that, but Adam has the great burden that he caused all of this because of his disobedience. He would surely die. Where do you find yourself tonight, sinner? Do you find yourself estranged from a holy God? Do you find yourself in your sins tonight? 
And I'm glad tonight that you can find yourself reconciled to God. What did God do? God remedied this by taking an animal and killing that animal and clothing Adam and Eve in the skins of those animals. And that's a real good picture of what God has provided for you and I. There we were in darkness. There we were in our delusion. There we were naked before God and exposed before God. Finding ourselves as sinners. Finding ourselves standing in need of being reconciled unto God. And here God is again taking the initiative to remedy man's problems. Christ is the answer tonight. Amen. So where are you? Where do you find yourself tonight? Are you a stranger or are you in the family tonight? Amen. Will we let God search us out with these challenging questions? And listen, though we may face this question with judgment, I'm glad that mercy can be given tonight. Amen. How is our trust to God? How is our obedience to God? How is our fellowship with God tonight? Where are you? So we've uncovered where God is. We've uncovered where we are. And then thirdly tonight, and I'm done. This final one is a question of concern. Look in Genesis chapter number 4. And I want you to look with me in verse number 9. We know how this progresses. We know that Cain and Abel are the sons of of Adam and Eve. And uh, we know how this plays out. Cain kills Abel because he's he's wroth, he's angry, because God rejected his offering, but he accepted Abel's sacrifice. And uh, he's angry about that. And uh, by the way, listen, when it comes to false religion tonight, the sacrifice of, of Christ is never sufficient. There's always got to be something added. There's always got to be something that the flesh can pat itself on the back for. But the final question that I have tonight is found in Genesis chapter number 4 and verse number 9. The Bible said, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? So we've, we've looked and we've examined where is God tonight. And we know the proper place that God needs to hold within our heart and our life. And then secondly, we look and we, we ask the question, where are we? We examine ourselves in light of, of Adam's sin and his exposure before God. But then finally, I want to ask you this question. And this is what God asked Cain. And I, he, he said, where is your brother? Where is God? Where are you? And then finally tonight, where is your brother? God knew where his brother was. God knew the answer to, to, the, to the question. But really there is a responsibility that is seen in this text that, that we really try to, to get out of in our society. We try to get out of in our day and time. And, and it, the question is, is where is your brother? Where is your fellow man? Where are those in your family? Where are those that you call your friends? Where are those in society? Where are those that are your, your, your co-workers? And, and he asked the question, where is thy brother? And he tried to reject the responsibility. And he said, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that question tonight is yes. You, you are your brother's keeper. We, we live in such an isolated society. In the day of Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all of those things, boy, we can shut ourselves up in a room and we can have the world at our fingertips and we can get us a bite to eat and we've got all of the news and the entertainment and the information that we need and really we don't need anybody else. 
And that's the life that we've designed and that's the life that we've built. We don't want anybody in our business. Well, visitation, it, it becomes a strain in today's time because, I mean, as soon as they see somebody coming up the driveway, I mean, there's already an intensity that's present. But what are you doing on my property? Why are you here? Are you selling something? What do you want? Why are you here? This is like an invasion of my privacy. Visit, visitors' cards don't hardly exist in churches anymore. Now it's find us on Facebook. Come like the church page and and if you're interested, you can reach out to us. But would we look to this text tonight and may we endeavor once again to get our brother where he needs to be. To have a burden for others. Cain ultimately didn't care about anybody else. Cain was the, uh, the patriarch of a false religion. You read about him in the book of Jude. You read about the way of Cain. He was the, uh, the, pre- the founding president of a world religion, a false religion. His religion was marked by force. His brother didn't do what he liked for him to do and his brother's offering was uh, accepted by God and he didn't like that so he killed him. His religion was marked by falsehood. He was a liar. His religion was marked by futility. It's a dead end. His religion was marked by fear. God put a mark upon him that would follow him all the days of his life. Whenever you think about two characters in the Word of God, I want you to consider with me Abraham. Abraham became a stranger and a pilgrim in the world. He was a stranger to the world and he was a pilgrim in the world. But the Bible says that Cain became a fugitive and a vagabond in the world. That's a dead end road, friend. False religion is marked by no concern for God. He didn't care about God's offering. He didn't care about what God had to say. He didn't care about the sacrifice that mom and daddy taught him to perform. He had no concern for God and he had no concern for others because in a moment of bitterness and hatred and anger, he killed his brother. You know what, you know what Cain was? Cain was self-serving. And when we have this idea, this American idea that we are, are self-serving, we are, we are individuals, we don't need anybody else, we've got everything that we need. Yeah, we've got all of our stuff, but we forget about our neighbor dying and going to hell. We forget about the coworker. We forget about the friend. We forget about the family member because, you know, we've got our own. And, and listen, don't misunderstand me. The most important thing is that the circle be unbroken and that your family doesn't die without Christ and that they get saved. But what about the people next door? What about the neighbor? And, and some of you are sitting here, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. It's our responsibility tonight. If somebody else doesn't get the gospel to them, they probably won't get it tonight. Amen. So the questions that I have for you is where is God? Does God have the preeminence in your life? Does He sit upon the throne room of your heart tonight? Secondly, you may say, well, yeah, I understand and God is preeminent. But but where are you in all this? Where are you? And then thirdly, where is your brother? Do you have a burden for your neighbor? Do you have a burden for those around you? Listen, it matters tonight. It matters how you answer those questions. Let's stand tonight as they prepare a song.
the Lord spoken to your heart, would you come? Would you mind Him tonight? Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord.